Welcome to the HSM Podcast. HSM is the high school ministry of Crossroads Christian Church. We hope that this week's message inspires you and encourages you to live a Christ-centered life. All right, all right, HSM, how we doing tonight? That was weak. How we doing tonight, HSM? Y'all doing good? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hey, quick shout out. If y'all haven't noticed, we have some very special guests in the house tonight with our disabilities ministry. What's up, guys? Yeah. So happy y'all are here. We are one church, one family, so we are stoked that you guys are a part of the HSM crew tonight. You are official HSM members tonight, okay? So anytime I reference HSM, also talking to you guys over here. Sweet. So glad y'all are here. Also, if it's your first time tonight, I just want to say welcome. This is an awesome time to get started. We're starting a brand new series, so you won't even skip a beat. But hey, I got a question for you real quick. Uh, Has anyone had a moment in their life when they messed up with something, but weren't exactly sure what they messed up with. Let me explain. Like if you're going on vacation and you're in the car or in the plane and you're like, I know I left something at home, but I'm not sure what it is. Has anyone ever had that moment? Anyone? You're thinking in like toothbrush, phone charger, underwear. I don't know what I forgot, but I know I forgot something. How about, um, (laughs) or have you ever gotten a text from your mom saying, hey, we need to talk. Call me when you can. (laughs) Yeah, that one hit home a little bit too much with some of you guys. That's the worst. I had a moment when I was growing up with my little sister, my little sister Molly. She's about a year and a half younger than than I am, and we're best friends. She's awesome. And we were riding in the car with my dad coming home from one of our basketball games, and it was late at night, and my dad turns the radio down and looks at both of us and says, hey, when we get home, uh, my mom and I, we need to talk to you about something. And, and we're like, okay, what? He's like, you know what? We'll, like, we'll wait till mom's there. I need her to be there for that. And my little sister and I, I was probably, I don't know, I was probably 12. She was 10 or 11, whatever it was. And um, we both start bawling, crying. Like, I am terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I do? I'm going to get a spanking. I'm going to get grounded. I'm going to get both. I was like, I don't know what I did. Molly's crying, which is making it worse. I was like, what did Molly do? I don't know why we're in trouble. We cried for like five minutes straight. We get home. We go in to my parents' bedroom where they always have those talks. And uh, my mom sees us and is like, why are y'all crying? We're like, dad told us y'all had to talk to us. And she starts crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is worse than I thought. What is going on? What did I do? My dad sits us both down and says, very seriously, your mother and I, we, uh, we're taking you guys to Disney World. And <laughs> we, I was so mad, but I was so happy at the same time. It turns out the only reason my mom was crying was because she saw us crying and felt bad about the joke that they were pulling on us, so she started crying. So it was terrible. But the reason I tell you that story is because it kind of exemplifies what stress does, right? Stress allows fear into our lives, and it takes something way out of context. Take something that's super good and makes it super bad. We were going to Disney World, and yet my little sister and I had spent the last 10 minutes bawling our eyes out, thinking and imagining the worst. And so we're going to start a new series on stress called Stress Fractured. Um, Got the slide up there. I was just making sure it was up there. Um, But we're going to talk about uh, four verses this whole series, one key verse, I guess you want to call it. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on one verse a week. We're changing it up a little bit. Last uh, uh, series, we had one theme verse, and then we talked about a story of Joseph. Y'all here, y'all know what I'm talking about. And we went chapter by chapter. Well, this series, we're going to go one verse at a time. The theme verse is Philippians 4, 6 through 9. And it says this, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So by the end of the night tonight, I want all of you guys to have that verse memorized, okay? That's, that's a rule. If you, gotta, you can't leave until you have that verse memorized. Um, I'm just kidding. But uh, Philippians 4.6 is what we're going to talk about tonight, the very first part of that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so like I said earlier, stress is something that we have all experienced before in our lives, and it's something that we're all susceptible to. Okay, that, that story that I just told, I was super stressed out, and that was way before I had any real problems in my life. The biggest problem I had in my life right there, the biggest worry I had in my life was what was for dinner, and yet I still let stress get to me. So that just proves the point that stress is always something that we're susceptible to. It's always something that is trying to sneak uh, its way into our lives. So that's why it's so important. And tonight we're going to focus on that verse and look at what it says about stress. Okay, cool. We all good? We on the same page? Awesome. Okay. The energy over here is incredible. I love it. I'm going to need you guys to pick it up. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. All right. They're showing us how it's done over here. All right. So, but I'm just going to jump straight into it, okay? I'm not going to wait until the end of the message to give you points. I'm going to give you the first point right now, and it's don't worry. Don't worry, okay? Don't be anxious about anything. It's the first sentence in that verse. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. To be anxious is to be full of fear, so don't be fearful of anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, okay? I remember the first time I ever played paintball. Has anyone ever played paintball in here before? Sweet. Handful of y'all, okay? More than I thought. First time I ever played paintball, I was pretty young. I was still homeschooled. I homeschooled until I was in fifth grade. Um, it was an awesome time, but uh, roll tide, thank you. <laughs> um, but I remember, so I, I grew up playing airsoft, and I wanted to take it a step up, so me and my cousin got brand new paintball guns for Christmas, and uh, we went to our friend's house, and they had these woods behind their house, and um, they had a suite set up. They had, like, tree houses up in these woods. It was like a fort ball, like, field. It was awesome. And they had like old drums like behind trees for us to hide out and stuff like that. Um, and I remember walking out there and it's me and him. We're all in our camo and we're walking out with some high schoolers. We're like, these guys are awesome. Remember we're in like fourth grade. So we think they're like the coolest people ever. And they're like, so have y'all ever played uh, paintball before? We're like, no. They're like, oh, so you've never been hit by a paintball. We're like, no. We're like, <laughs> good luck. Like they know it hurts and they know that we don't know that. So they're like kind of laughing at us and whatever. Game starts, we start running. I'm so confident, so excited to start playing paintball. And all of a sudden, just phew, 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 paintball's flying by my face. And I'm like, what the heck was that? I dive to the ground. I like pin up against an old drum. Like I'm like back here and I'm like, I am not moving. I got stuck like a deer in the headlights. I was not moving for the rest of the night. Okay, I'm bringing out the Southern Saiyans tonight. But I, I locked up for the rest of the game. I did not move. And all of a sudden, I'm hiding behind this uh, tin old drum and the paintballs start hitting that thing. And I don't know if you've ever heard paintballs hit metal. It sounds like thunder. It's super loud. And I am terrified. And turns out what had happened is these two guys on the other team saw me slide behind there and they're like, okay, well, this guy's not going anywhere because he's an idiot. And uh, so how about you just sit here and just every like 10 seconds or go, like shoot a couple paintballs at the thing so he knows we're here. I'll walk around and shoot him. So like this guy's just standing here on the other side of the hill, just... Just kind of like, oh, look, a bird. Like, doo -doo. like just like chilling while the other guy's whistling through the woods, walking around. Meanwhile, I'm behind this thing thinking it's like Normandy. There's bullets flying everywhere. I'm screaming, I'm going to die. Someone help. I'm terrified. 
<laughs> but I was not moving. I was even doing the thing where you're like hiding behind it and you just stick your gun over and you're just like, I can't see, but I'm shooting. <laughs> Wasting money on paintballs. But yeah, sure enough, the guy walks up behind me. He gets about six feet away from me. We didn't have a rule where it's like, hey, you're out. It was like, you're going to get shot. And so uh, he walked up from about me to Tony and just, just right up the back. I had like seven marks straight up my back for like the next three months. It was awesome. It hurt. But I learned a valuable lesson there. Don't let fear lock you up. Because what I did in that moment was I allowed fear and worry and stress into my life, and it started to find the way that I was acting in the moment. And that's what fear does. We let in our lives, it locks us up, and it starts to dictate the way that we live our lives. But God did not call us to live a life full of fear, right? On the contrary, he didn't even put fear into us. 2 Timothy 1, 7 for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So that verse is saying, so first of all, if you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about the fear of God, living of, with the fear of God in our lives, different word for fear there. When we, we define that word fear as a heavenly form of respect, this form of fear is what I just talked about. You're terrified and it locks you up and it's not the same type of fear. And this verse is saying that he didn't even instill that spirit of fear within us, just like he didn't put sin into us, okay, he didn't put the spirit of fear. I'm about to get really biblically historical on you guys, so hold on to your seat and just stay with me for a few minutes. I'm going to go all the way back to Adam and Eve. If you don't know the whole story of Adam and Eve, basically, it's the first people to ever walk the earth. God created man and Adam and then woman and Eve and created them perfectly without sin, and he basically gave them one job, well, he gave him a couple jobs, but one of the things he told him, he said, hey, you're not to eat of these two trees. You're not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Other than that, you have the entire world, the entire Garden of Eden to venture around, name the animals, do your thing. Y'all are married, have sex. Yes, I said sex in church. Um, I know. I'm getting crazy tonight, I know. But, roll tide, thank you. I love it. But here comes along Satan. And she tempts Eve and says, hey, did God really tell you not to eat from that tree? And she's like, yeah, because he said we'd die. He's like, no. He's, he's disguised as a serpent. He's like, no, you're not going to die. You'll just become like God, and God doesn't want that, which was a lie. And so Eve said, okay, cool. So she ate the fruit, then gave it to Adam, and he ate the fruit. And so sin was introduced into the world. God did not put sin into our lives, but he did give us free will to choose. And when he did that, we had the ability to choose the ways of this world. And when Eve went into temptation... She went into sin, and so sin was introduced into the world. When that happened, we were introduced to things that we were never designed to live in. And we see that take place in this moment with shame, right? It says that they ate, and in that moment, they experienced shame. In Genesis 3, 7 through 8, sorry guys, I didn't give you this verse. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. And basically, when God came down, it says that they took, they made clothes for themselves and put on clothes, and God came down, and they hid from him, and they said, we're ashamed to be in the presence of you because we were naked. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? And they're like, no. He's like, yeah, you did. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. But basically, they experienced shame because they experienced sin. Shame was one of the products of sin. The same thing is the case for fear. Fear is a product of sin. God did not put fear in us. God did not put shame in us. God did not put sin in us. But when we chose sin, we chose to live a life full of fear and full of shame. Do you get what I'm saying here? 
is that the point is, is this, God did not design us to live a life of fear, okay? God did not design you to live a life of fear, and yet it's crazy how often our everyday lives are defined by worry and fear, right? Think about it today. Think about today. What have you worried about today? The question is not, have you worried today, because the answer would be yes for everyone. The question is, what have you worried about today? Have you been worrying about what shoes you're going to wear tonight? Have you been worrying about uh, your test tomorrow? Have you been worried about what you're going to eat tonight? Sometimes in a serious way. Some, sometimes they're big, thi- uh, big things. I'm sorry. I'm choking. They're big things. Sometimes they're small things. But the point is, is that we worry about stuff every single day. We stress and we worry about everything, but God calls us not to worry about anything, right? First part of that verse, therefore, don't be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about life. Don't be anxious about trials. Don't be anxious about the people that you're trying to impress. Don't be anxious about the people that have done wrong to you. That's actually a big one. We get wronged by a bunch of people and we say we got to get revenge or we got to prove that I'm right and they're wrong. We got to get it right. We worry about things. And God says, don't worry about any of that. In fact, when I originally made that list of things that I just listed off, those are actually things that I pulled specifically from different scriptures. But I decided not to include the scriptures because I said, we don't need the Bible to tell us that those are things that we struggle with every day. Now, it is cool to know that the Bible talks specifically about those things. And if you want those verses, come talk to me after and I will be happy to give them to you. But the point is that those are things that we've all struggled with, and yet Scripture says don't worry about any of it. So the first point is don't worry. The second thing that we see what this verse tells us to do, don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I'll get the request and the prayer in a second, but first I'm going to focus on the thanksgiving. The second point is remember who God is. It says to be with thanksgiving we make our request made known to God. Don't forget who he is. Remember who he is. Because we get in these moments where fear and anxiety and stress start to define our lives. When we're locked up against that oil drum and all we hear is the paintballs, it's really easy to ignore everything around us and just focus on the paintballs. Okay? Metaphorical there. You know what I'm talking about. But this verse is telling us, hey, in that moment, remember God. Remember who he is. Remember what he's done. Remember that strength comes from him. Remember that help comes from him. Remember that restoration comes from him. Remember that foundation comes from him. Remember that life in God is just straight up better. And it's easy to lose sight of that stuff when all we're hearing is the paintballs hitting that old drum. But this verse is calling us, remember God. Be thankful in those moments because he is way bigger than the situation that you're in. Romans 5, 2, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand and we rejoice and hope for the glory of the Lord. So we stand in God's grace. We don't stand in the promise of safety. We rejoice in the promise of God, right? Not in the promise of safety once again. And this verse tells us that we're called to remember that in that time. This whole last series that we just talked about, we talked about a dude named Joseph and went through all of that mess. We talked about remembering God and going to God in those moments and not losing sight of the fact that he's with us in those darkest moments. It's the same thing here. It's kind of a common theme throughout the Bible. So you're going to hear me talk about it a lot. But that's what it calls us to do. That's how we fight stress is by remembering him and what he's done for us. Don't worry. 
Remember God. And the third one is this, pray first. Pray first. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Basically, this verse is saying this. If you thought stress was a physical fight, you're wrong. It is 100% a spiritual battle. There is a real enemy out there that is attacking you every day that we can't see, but he's real and he's there and he's present. And I know that's probably scary for a lot of us to hear that demonic presence is on this earth, but it's the truth. And stress and anxiety and depression and addiction and all of those things and an endless list it's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle, that is fought and won on our knees. It's fought in prayer. Yeah, you can clap for that. Thank you, Tony. Because we try, we try to fight these things on a physical presence, but it's a spiritual fight. And so if we do that, we're just going to wear ourselves out and dig ourselves in the hole deeper. But when we fight the battle in prayer and on our knees, that's where it's won, Right? And so this verse tells us that in order to win this fight, we need to prepare by praying over the specific areas of our life. And I don't have time to dip in it to, into it too much, but in this verse in Ephesians, it, it talks about the full armor of God, and then it goes on in the next few verses to list out the specific parts of it. And I'm actually listening. I encourage you all to go and listen to it as well. I'm listening to a series right now by a guy named Chad Veach, who's a pastor at a church in LA at Zoe Church. He's awesome one of my favorite communicators, and he's doing a series at his church about the armor of God. And each week he takes uh, one little piece of the armor. Okay, I just listened to the one about the belt of truth, and he breaks it down, and it is so powerful. But this verse tells us that we're supposed to prepare and fight this fight by praying over the specific areas of our life. Lord, I put on the helmet of salvation, guard my thoughts, Pray that everywhere I go, that the thoughts that are in my head won't be from the enemy, but they'll be from you. And whenever the enemy plants a thought in my head, I'll see it and I'll condemn it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I guard my thoughts. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Lord, guard my heart with the righteousness of Christ. I pray that everything my heart desires is only founded upon you and your love. Lord, this belt of truth, my entire armor is founded on truth. It's funny, this verse actually references in the time a Roman soldier's armor, and the belt was actually the most important piece of a Roman soldier's armor because it held the entire thing together. Without the belt, everything would fall off. It'd be too loose. They wouldn't be able to move. So the belt of truth I fasten, and I pray that everything I do is held together by the truth of the word of God. Lord, I put on the shoes of peace, and every step that I take, I pray that you're with me and you guide my steps. Pray that everywhere I go, you're present there. I pick up the sword of the spirit. I fight this fight with the Bible, with the word of God, and the Holy Spirit is with me. That's how I fight the fight. And I pick up my shield of faith to guard me from the fiery darts that the enemy is throwing at me. That verse references the fiery darts the enemy is throwing at you, and it says that we guard it by putting on the full armor of God. And so you pray over the specific areas of your life, and that's all you have to do in the morning. It takes you five minutes. You wake up, and you pray over those specific things and say, guard my heart, my head, my thoughts, my feet, Everything I do, I pray that it's founded on you. And then you want to know how you can keep praying? 
I know a lot of people struggle with how to pray because you don't know how to pray because there's no rule book that says this is how you pray. There's actually a verse that references, we've all heard the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, whatever, you know that verse, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, okay. That gives us an outline of how we can pray. This gives us an outline of we can pray, but it also helps to just talk to God. God, I got a big week coming up this week. Be with me. I pray that every step I take, even though it's a stressful week and I got 10 tests and I got five games and I got, I'm struggling with what I'm looking at on the internet and I, I, I just, I, I, I need a way of escape, so I'm, I'm thinking about hurting myself or whatever it is. God, I got a big week. I know stuff's coming. Be with me. Just talk to him. God, I'm starting to get those thoughts again where it's, it's I'm thinking about closing my eyes on the drive home and just seeing what happens. Protect my head. Protect my thoughts. Just start talking to them about what's going on in your life. And this verse, Philippians 4, 6, says that that's how we win the battle, by praying over it. Because the power of prayer is way more powerful than anything that the enemy has to throw at us. In fact, Scripture says that Satan himself is the master of deception, and therefore he can tell no truth. Even in the Bible, when he tries to tempt Jesus and he quotes scripture, he doesn't quote scripture correctly. He does it out of context. He is incapable of telling the truth. So whenever the enemy is attacking your mind and putting thoughts into your head, it's a lie. There's not an ounce of truth in it. And yet we decide to listen to those lies because it sounds right. Well, this verse is saying that when we pray over those things, those lies Flee in the presence of the truth of God. Pray. Let your requests be made known to God. Just expose your problems. And that's how we fight stress. It's a spiritual battle. And it's only won by fighting it on a spiritual level, by fighting it in prayer. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when we do this, because this verse mentions it, our theme verse. We're going to talk about what happens when we, when we live a life of not worrying, when we remember who God is and when we pray about everything. But first, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a nugget to hold on to for now. I don't wanna spoil everything, but I'm gonna give you some truth. First, we gotta define stress. One thing to know, all stress is, is temporarily losing sight of the fact that God is in control. That's all it is. Stress is just temporarily losing sight of the fact that God is in control, but peace is always understanding that God is in control. See the difference? Stress is losing sight of God. Peace is always understanding that God is in control. It's a choice. It's a choice. Because what happens is when we lose sight of the truth, we lose sight of God. But when our sight is set on God, the truth will always come back into focus. Because around God, is the truth, but when we lose sight of the truth, we lose sight of the God and vice versa. Do you see what I'm saying there? Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, angels, I can't talk, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a super powerful verse. So what if we kept this verse in mind every time that we started to get stressed, every time that stress started to creep back into our lives? It kind of takes things to a whole new level, right? Because if we think about this verse where it talks about all the things 
present, things to come, powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation puts these in these massive things. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So when we think in that mindset, it kind of seems silly to worry about the things that we worry on an everyday basis. Whether it's the smallest thing that we worry about or even if it's the biggest thing that we worry about, it still doesn't measure up to the power of what this verse is saying because nothing can separate us from the love of God. So worrying over your grades, worrying over opinions, worrying over whatever it is, fill in the blank, starts to seem pretty silly. And there's kind of a bitter truth tied to this, but we need to understand it. And it's this, is that when we stress about things that are smaller than our God, which is everything, we are declaring to ourselves and to our God that those things are more important and bigger in our hearts than he is. So when you stress about your grades, you're saying, God, my grades are bigger than you are. When you stress about relationships, God, this relationship is bigger than you are. It becomes an idol in our life because we're declaring it as bigger, as more powerful, as more important, as out of God's control. But when we remember him, when we don't worry about it, when we remember him and are thankful in him and we pray about it, no longer are those things in our lives bigger than God. Now we are declaring God, hey, you are bigger than the situation that I'm in. And just like we talked about Joseph, just saying, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this hole, but God, I know you're here. And when we're saying, I don't know about this test, I don't know about this relationship, I don't know where I'm gonna sleep tonight because I'm kicked out of my house. I don't know what I'm gonna do because I'm pregnant. I don't know what to do. But when you say, God, I just, I need some help, you're declaring your God is bigger than that situation that you're in. And that's how we win that battle of stress. <clears throat> so what are you stressing over today? That question that I asked you again earlier, <clears throat> I'm sorry. What's getting you all riled up? What are you sitting in class or sitting in the car or sitting here in HSM? And what makes you lose attention and start kind of sweating and itching, saying, I got to figure that thing out. What are you waking up early in the morning? What's keeping you up at night? What are you stressing about? What controls your actions? What thoughts are you having? What are you stressing about? Right? Are you sitting in the back of HSM because you're anxious to talk to people? You don't want to talk to people. You're stressed out about being here in the first place. Are you humming during worship because you're worried that your image isn't cool enough to raise your hand or to actually give it to God? So you've never taken that next step of faith where you just said, you know what, God, I'm just going to give it to you. I don't know what this means. But you're too anxious and too stressed about your image to really care about trying it at all. Are you staying in your seat when I invite you forward because you're scared and stressed about what people are going to think about you? Did that guy really just walk forward? Are you kidding me? He's not a Christian. What do you stress about? What are you worried about? What is defining your actions? And the second question is this, are you okay with the fact that stress is controlling your life? Because sometimes we stress about things but don't even realize that it's controlling our lives, but then when we put in the perspective of if you have a hesitation and think, but what if, that is stress controlling your life. So are you okay with the fact that stress controls your life? Or are you ready to live a stress-free life? Are you ready to live a life that isn't controlled by stress or fear or worry or anxiety? Are you ready to not let that define the way that you live your life? 
Because I know for me, I have been in days where I just didn't want to get out of bed and I thought it was because I was tired, but then looking back, I realized it was because I just didn't want to deal with the problems that I had to deal with that day. I could have gone to class, but I just said it would be so much easier if I just watched another episode of The Office. (laughs) That's stress controlling your life. Are you ready to live life to the fullest? Are you ready to live a stress-free life? If you'll pray with me, I just want to pray over every single person in this room. God, we lift you up and we believe that you are bigger than every situation that we're facing. We believe that you're bigger than the things that we're stressing about. We believe that you have control over it. And Lord, the stress that has been defining and controlling our lives, we give it to you. And I pray that as we go on from here, no longer will stress define who we are, no longer will stress define the life that we live. No longer will we make choices based off of what other people are going to think or about worries or about anxieties that we're having. No longer will we have a thought and all of a sudden it shuts us down and makes us shiver in our shoes because we're worried about it. I pray that everywhere we go, we experience the presence of God. And then as we stay in this attitude of prayer, I just want to ask you, when you're in that moment, when you're stressing, what are you clinging to? What are you worried about? When you're in that dark moment, stress has creeped its way back into your life. When you're behind that barrel, when the enemy is attacking you, when those paintballs are flying by your head and you're worried and you don't know what to go to, what are you clinging to? Right, because like we talked about earlier, we can cling to and stand on the promise of God that we are loved by him and get to spend eternity with him. And that takes away all the power of the enemy when we pray about it and we cling to that hope and the promise of the love of God. But if we haven't accepted that gift that he gave us, then we have no hope in the presence of our enemies. When we're in that moment, we're able to say, you know what, I get to spend eternity with my God, but if we haven't accepted that love of Christ into our hearts, then in that moment we can't stand up because our reliance, our hope, and our strength is in our own ability to stand up and our own ability to get through something, which just causes more stress, which just makes it more anxious because we worry, how am I gonna get through this? What am I gonna do? But when we're able to stand up on the promise of God, it takes away that worry because we know that it's out of our control and we can give it to our God, but our God has control over it every step of the way. Because of what Jesus did on that cross, we're able to stand tall when stress tries to creep back into our lives and we can say, no, my God's got me. But if you don't have that hope to rely on, if you seem to let stress take root in your life, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And if you say this prayer and you mean it in your heart, then your name is written in the book of life. And you get to rely on the promise that after all of this is over, you get to spend eternity in heaven alongside our God, alongside your father, alongside the the one who created you on purpose, with a purpose, intentionally. You get to say, you know what? It's not gonna get me down. I don't have to worry about what this is gonna turn into because I know that my identity is in God and God alone. I don't have to worry about it. You get to say no to stress. You get to say no to anxiety. You get to say no to worry.
But if that's you tonight, if you don't have that hope, if you don't have that promise, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You can say it in your heart, just mean it. And you'll have this hope to rely on. So repeat after me. Just say, God, come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. I give you my life. Give me freedom from stress. Give me freedom from anxiety. Give me freedom from fear. In the darkest moments, I will look to you as my God. I love you. Amen. Amen. And let's give it up for anyone who prayed that prayer. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, follow us on Instagram at Crossroads HSF. 